Today on Hardwired. To me, I'm just throwing out speculation. I cannot prove this. It's only speculation right now. That's all you can do. But when I think of the Ten Nation Confederacy, it seems very probable to me this will happen either through the United Nations, which is primarily godless, or a European Union. It makes sense to me. We'll see. Welcome to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wicklier founder and senior pastor of Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're looking for some words of hope, encouragement, solid biblical truth, and maybe even a laugh or two, well, that's exactly what Pastor Jeff wants to share with you today. We know life can get pretty busy and complicated at times, so we're truly grateful you've chosen to take a break and listen to the program. Now, if you're not able to hang out with us for the entire program, you can always check it out at our website, hardwired.org. In fact, you can find all the programs right there waiting just for you, hardwired.org. But right now, here's Pastor Jeff to tell us more about today's program on Hardwired. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us and making us a part of your very busy day. Well, we're going through the book of Revelation on Hardwired, and it's been a great series I've loved teaching it as much as I know you've loved hearing it. And today we're gonna talk about something so very important, and I couldn't think of a better title for it than Back to the Future. Because in the Revelation, as John received it, sometimes he's taken back into history, and then he's brought from history back into future events yet to occur. So I've just called this today Back to the Future, and we're going to see where John is taken into more future events, more predictions that are going to fall upon planet Earth as the Great Tribulation unfolds and the book of Revelation is fulfilled before our very eyes. So let's go right to the Word of God, grab your Bible, something to write with, and let's take notes. I can't wait to share part two of the message, Back to the Future. Let's go. Last time we closed out with John's vision of a woman. If you were here last time, you remember the woman illustrated Israel who gives birth to the Christ child. And John also saw a great red dragon waiting for the woman to give birth to devour the child. You recall that. And that was just this powerful picture vision that John was given of what had already happened, the birth of Christ and how Herod energized by the devil, tried to take Christ out by ordering the death of every male child two years old and under in the the town of Bethlehem. Rachel weeping for her children because they are not, Jeremiah prophesied. But Jesus was protected and uh, lived to fulfill his ministry. But it goes to show you anytime something is of God, the devil's gonna try to devour it, attack it, stop it in its tracks. Amen? Now, now we will see that John is transported back to the future as the narrative picks up three and a half years into the middle of the Great Tribulation. So now we're three and a half years in to the seven-year Great Tribulation, all right? The new world ruler, who is the Antichrist, has suddenly severed his seven-year covenant with Israel and slain the two witnesses in Jerusalem, all right? A lot is going on at this time. Now, heretofore, up to the first three and a half years, up to this middle point, it's been peaceful. Antichrist cut a peace treaty 
with Israel and the Arabs. He brokered it. And now there's peace, but it's only temporary. When they say peace, peace, then comes sudden destruction like a woman in travail. So that's what goes on. Now, halfway in, we saw last time the Antichrist walks into the rebuilt temple. The temple will be rebuilt. He walks into the Holy of Holies and he shocks the Jewish nation by saying, I am God. When he does that, that's the abomination that makes desolate. That's the abomination of desolation. When he does that, all hell literally breaks loose on the earth. And it unleashes a persecution against the Jewish people we're going to read about in just a moment. Israel, the woman, comes under persecution at the three-and-a-half-year moment, the three-and-a-half-year midpoint. The Jewish people get persecuted maybe worse than ever in their whole history. Revelations 13, 7, and the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation and all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. This is called the time of Jacob's trouble. Now we're coming back to chapter 13 in just a moment, but let's wrap up chapter 12. Satan releases his wrath at the midway point on God's chosen people. Chapter 12, verse 13, when the dragon realized he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman. And we already know this is Israel who had given birth to the male child. That takes away all speculation. But she was given two wings. Now this is uh, metaphorical. She was given two wings. In other words, she was given the ability to make an amazing, miraculous escape. Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I was in rush hour traffic this week and I wished for this. Yeah, I was in it on a motorcycle and it was like 115 degrees out and I was stuck and couldn't go anywhere. Just had to sit there and sizzle like a lobster. Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. But Israel is going to be given, metaphorically speaking, two wings like those of a great eagle, so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. There she would be cared for and protected from the dragon for a time, times, and half a time. Here we got three and a half years again. So God's people are gonna be supernaturally protected during this time period. Remember, many Jews in that day will flee to a place in the wilderness, hundreds of thousands of them. Now we go to verse 15, chapter 12. Then the dragon tried to drown the woman with a flood of water that flowed from his mouth. But the earth helped her by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that gushed out from the mouth of the dragon. And the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children. I think that could include the rest of the Jewish people, but also perhaps tribulation saints because we know in the book of Romans, for instance, we are told by Paul in Romans 9 that we have been grafted into the vine, grafted into the covenants that came to the Jewish people. So essentially, we're spiritually Jewish, okay? So that could be part of who her children are. All who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus, Satan hates all who name the name of Christ. And this is likely a, pr a prediction of a flood of violent persecution. Again, 
John is being given uh, metaphors, illustration. We know when it's metaphorical, it's clearly metaphorical because the dragons don't gusher forth water out of their mouths. So it's, it's clearly metaphorical. What's it talking about? A flood of persecution because it's coming out of Satan's mouth. Nothing good comes out of Satan's mouth. How do you know he's lying? If he's talking. He's the king liar of all time, father of lies. All other lies were spawned and are spawned by him. Okay? So to me, it's very clear, this picture of, of the dragon trying to flood the woman with this water gushing out of his mouth. He's trying to destroy Israel with persecution and accusations and vile pronouncements. Now, as we begin chapter 13, the Antichrist himself, the dreaded beast, is going to step onto the world stage. You ready to meet him? Here we go. Revelations 13, verse 1. John, a vision again, I stood on the sand of the sea, and looking out at the sea, I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. There you have blasphemy once again. Now, when it says rising up out of the sea, this is a description of how the Antichrist will appear to rise out of the vast sea of humanity. That's what it's saying. Daniel tells us that he'll come on the scene quickly, suddenly. He bursts onto the world stage. Daniel tells us that he's a flatterer. He works people. He's a manipulator. He works politicians. He's a talker. He's a smooth talker. He is a mesmerizing talker, a charmer. And he will rise out of the sea of humanity. Something will distinguish him that will suddenly place him there. And I think it's the brokering of the peace treaty. But something will happen that places him suddenly. He'll come up out of the sea of humanity with everybody looking at him. Look what he just did. What a brilliant guy. What an amazing problem solver. Because we're about to be told the whole world's going to go after him and even worship him. So this guy's convincing. Hitler was a type, for instance, mesmerizer. You see the films of him yakking away the way he did, and, and tens of thousands of Germans spellbound with a wicked, evil anointing. It's going to be the same thing with this guy, squared to the 10th power. Chapter 13 goes on to describe the beast king, who is elsewhere called the Antichrist. In 1 John 2, 28, the man of sin and son of perdition. In 2 Thessalonians 2, the little horn king. In Daniel 7, verse 8, the prince that shall come. In Daniel 9, and the abomination of desolation. In Matthew 15, just for a few examples, the Antichrist is described as having seven heads. John tells us later in chapter 17, what that is. The seven heads, John writes in verse 9 of chapter 17, are seven mountains on which the woman sits. And there are also seven kings. Well, there's only one place known as the city of seven mountains, right? Where? Rome, city of seven hills. That's Rome. Now, that's why I've always personally believed that Antichrist will arise in Europe. He'll come out of Europe. Um, and let's go on and see what it says. The place of seven mountains is Rome. The kings he mentioned, 10 crowns. That's talking about kings. Crown is for authority. The kings he mentions, the 10 crowns, 
are political rulers of a revived Roman Empire. And we're going to get into that more, like I've said in chapter 17. So I'm, I'm giving you little teases here. We're going to cover this in depth in chapter 17. But here you've got this figure, this political figure, rising up out of Europe, out of the area of Rome, and clearly a revived Roman Empire. And he has 10 nations that join hands with him in a wicked confederacy to work with him these last three and a half years of the tribulation. Then John also mentions seeing 10 horns. And again, in chapter 17, let me read what it says. John tells us flat out, the 10 horns which you saw are 10 kings who have received no kingdom as yet. In other words, they're not here yet. When John wrote this, they're not there. But they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. Now listen to the way it describes them. They are unified. These are of one mind. And what are, look at what they do. They will give their power and authority to the beast. They bow to the beast. They say, whatever you want to do, we're with you. We're with you. It is a confederacy hatched in hell, literally. Pastor Jeff will be back in a moment. But first, I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Now, you may not be able to stay with us for the entire program, but don't worry. You can find the program at our website, hardwired.org, along with all of the programs from Pastor Jeff. Also, we regularly get emails and calls from listeners just like you who tell us how much the program means to them. But we would love to hear from you too. So let me encourage you to connect with us by calling 877-884-3111 or through the website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. Or call 877-884-3111. And now let's get back to Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. Verse 14, these will make war with the Lamb and the Lamb will overcome them. They make war with the Lamb. We're going to see this in the final two chapters of Revelation. They literally go to fight Jesus, but that's later. The Lamb will overcome them. So who wins again? Jesus. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. Since that's us, can we give the Lord a hand of praise tonight? I want you to say with me, I'm called, I'm chosen, and by God's grace, I'm faithful. Amen. Now, these 10 horns likely, as I've said, are 10 nations that join with the Antichrist in his attempt at world domination. And they join with him in his attacks against the Jewish people and against the tribulation saints. Now, to me, I'm just throwing out speculation. I cannot prove this. It's only speculation right now. That's all you can do. But when I think of the 10-nation confederacy, it seems very probable to me this will happen either through the United Nations, which is primarily godless, or a European Union. It makes sense to me. We'll see. Well, we'll either see from here or from up there. I guess from up there we will, yes. But again, chapter 17 cometh. I'm just wetting your appetite so that uh, you kind of know where it's going to go. Now let's talk about his personality, Antichrist personality. He's such a wonderful guy. Makes you just kind of guy you want to go on vacation with you, right? Just This guy's a real, real winner. John describes his diabolical personality traits. He says in verse two, the beast which I saw, again, metaphors, was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear. His mouth like the mouth of a lion. 
And look what it says. The dragon, the devil, gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. So at the midpoint, he comes under a truly frightening, satanic anointing. In my opinion, he will be the most demon-possessed man in the history of the world. Now look at the animals, leopard, bear, lion. A leopard, what does he do? He moves quickly. He'll quickly come on the world scene. What is a bear? Strong and powerful. He will take over and be very strong, very fast. What does a lion do? He roars and this guy's got a big mouth and he's kingly. He's regal. He appears impressive. John predicts his kingdom will be strong and powerful. The Antichrist at this time is going to be possessed by the devil. You know, we talk about being spirit-filled. And if you're really, really spirit-filled, you know what it means. It means to be controlled by the spirit. That's what spirit-filled is, to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. If you're really spirit-filled, you're controlled by the Holy Spirit. So that when you're on the good side, on the Lord's side, and you're controlled by the Holy Spirit, you can move in faith in ways that you couldn't if he wasn't filling you. You are full of love and compassion. You are able to overcome. You have incredible um, power to have victory over the flesh. God is strong on you. It says in, if I can remember right, Luke 180 and Luke 240, we're told Jesus grew mighty in spirit. And John the Baptist grew the same way, mighty in spirit. So in their spirit man, they were Herculean. How many of you want to be mighty in spirit? Amen? Mighty in spirit. All right? Flip that, and he got the Antichrist, and he is so full of the devil, every move he makes is Satan-led. Halfway through the tribulation, he will commit the abomination of desolation I've been talking about. He'll walk into the temple and do his thing. And it would appear that at this time, an assassination attempt is made either on him or on one of the kings associated with him. Verse 3, Revelations 13, I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. And look what happened. When this so-called healing happens, the whole world marvels at this miracle and gives allegiance to the beast. Let me ask you a question. Does Satan do signs and wonders? Yes, he does. Jesus said in Matthew 24, he will do signs and wonders. False prophets, false Christ will do signs and wonders so that if possible, even the elect are deceived. How do you think those magicians in Moses' day were duplicating all of his miracles until the last one? Huh? How? They had a level of satanic power. It was not just sleight of hand. And so here, if it's not one of the 10 kings that received this apparent death blow, it's going to be the Antichrist himself, the beast. And it's going to be a big deal. It'll be in all the news. And, oh, this terrible thing has happened to the beast, our wonderful Savior's uh, coalition. They've been hit hard, a death blow. And somehow it's going to be healed. Now, I don't know if it's a political thing. I don't know if it's a literal assassination attempt where the head is wounded because it says one of the heads seemed wounded. So whether it's a physical wound, a bullet, literally, that goes and hits them and they recover when it looked deadly, or it's a political death blow. Don't know. But it's enough for this. 
that when they recover, it's a miracle. And the whole world goes, what does it say in Thessalonians? It says, God will send them a strong delusion because they did not receive the love of the truth, but received the lie. Not a lie, but the article, the lie. What is the lie? I think it's Antichrist. The lie. The Antichrist. So one of the heads recovers in the whole world. They say, well, now we know that God is with him. Amen. The result of this resurrection is universal adulation. Verse four, they worship the dragon. What do they do? They worship the dragon. Who's the dragon? The devil. For giving the beast such power, the beast Antichrist, and they also worship the beast. Now we've got a Satan worshiping, uh, Antichrist worshiping world, and we wonder why judgment's falling on them. Who is as great as the beast, they exclaim. Can't you see all the headlines on ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, MSLSD, I mean MSNBC? I'm sorry, I do that every time, but they are crazy. But anyway, look what they say. Who is able to fight against him? Who is as great as the beast? This is worship. Antichrist is now at the height of his diabolical career, and he leverages his popularity to commit pure evil. We're coming to the close. How many of you can take just a few more verses? We're almost done. Say amen or oh me. All right. Now at the height of his wicked reign, it seems as if nothing is going to take him down as he rides a crest of popularity. Verse 5, Revelations 13, and there was given unto him a mouth. Here we go again with this guy, speaking great things and blasphemies. And great things meaning he's, he's a braggart. He's always bragging and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue 42 months. So he's got three and a half years left. So we know the time frame. Verse six, he opened his mouth and what did he do? In blasphemy against who? God. He's blaspheming the name of God and his tabernacle and those that dwell in heaven. And it was given to him to make war with the saints. Who's the saints at this point? Tribulation saints. People who have been saved during the tribulation. Because a lot of people are going to be saved during the tribulation. Whole lot. Now, the church, gone. But people are going to be hearing the gospel from the 144,000 Jewish Billy Grahams. There's going to be an angel sent through the skies uh, proclaiming the gospel. We're told later, we're going to read it. So lots of people get saved, tribulation saints, but they have a very hard time of it. And a lot of them are beheaded. So you got to wonder, why beheaded in a day of guns and modern weaponry? Could Islam be involved here? Because that's what they do. I don't know. But look what it says happens. He was given to him to make war with the saints. And what does he do? He overcomes them. I'm not taking the mark then I'm after you. I will not take that mark, then I'm coming after you. If you don't take the mark, you're marked. More on the mark. We're almost there in chapter 13 next week. It was given to him to make war with the saints, overcome them, and power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. He has achieved world domination, virtually the whole world. Power was given to him over all kindreds and tongues and nations, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Isn't that tragic? God will send them a strong delusion. The whole world is worshiping a great big lie whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. 
If any man have an ear, let him hear. You better hear. So as Antichrist rises, this wave of adulation, John warns that anybody trying to stop his reign of terror will be imprisoned or slain. Last verse for tonight, verse 10, chapter 13. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison, John writes. Anyone destined to die by the sword, how? By the sword, will die by the sword. This means that God's holy people will have to endure persecution patiently and remain very faithful if you come to him in the tribulation period. Thanks for listening today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. To get a copy of today's message, give us a call at 877-884-3111. Or you can pick it up at our website, hardwired.org. That's 877-884-3111 or the website, hardwired.org. While you're there at the website, you'll find today's message along with all the messages from Pastor Jeff. We know they've been an encouragement to you, so be sure to forward them on to a friend who you think needs to hear today's message or any of the messages there at the website. It might be the very thing they need to be encouraged as well. Again, the website is hardwired.org or call us at 877-884-3111. If you haven't been to the website lately, jump on over there and take a look at all we have for you. One last thing, Your partnership with this program through your generous giving is always needed and very appreciated. We know Hardwired is making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. Please take a minute to send your best gift through our website, hardwired.org, or by calling 877-884-3111. Thanks so much for your heart of generosity. We truly do appreciate it. Be sure to join us next time right here on Hardwired.